You're listening to Front Porch Theology, a podcast of New Heights Church. We laugh, we argue, we carry on. So welcome to our front porch. Have a seat and let's get into it. Hey, welcome to Front Porch Theology. As always, thank you so much for listening. It's good to have you on the podcast with us today. Welcome to the Front Porch. My name is Will Basham and I'm here with my good work friend, Jeremy Berry. Well, I can introduce myself. No, I like the hold on, hold on. I like the control of it. <laughs> yeah, you would. <laughs> it's Jeremy. That's me. Oh, hey, Jeremy. Hey, Will. Uh, so- wait, wait, wait. First, this podcast is explicit in nature. If you do have kids listening, make sure you uh, plug their ears or just turn it off and listen to it uh, some other time. Yeah, just turn it off. Don't plug their ears. That plug would be ears. weird. Earmuffs. Like, you just have to hold their ears for the whole... <laughs> well, I'm not saying with your fingers. 30-some minutes Marbles. That we talk. You know, little small things that oh can fit gosh. into kids' ears. Yeah, just don't listen to this around your kids. Oh, it's rated in for mature... Yeah, so, it is. Um, so yeah, we don't have Heather with us today. She's our normal host of the podcast. Notice and the notice the flawless entry too. Yeah, I can't wait to see the closing. She struggles with the closing. Let's see how well you do. Yeah. So one of the things, if you're a regular listener, one of the things you never get to see because it's a podcast, obviously, is uh, every time when Heather's closing down a show, she gets so worked up and stressed and sweaty. Oh, she gets very sweaty, oh, and awkward. me and Jeremy are always like giggling, watching her try yeah. to close down a show. She does this weird thing with her hands, like a little T Rex. Like, she does look like, like a T Rex. She's yeah. like, I don't know, I don't care. I'm, I'm, I know I'm showing you, but for those, it's like they, I don't know. It's, but it's like a slow T Rex. It's like it's like a sloth and a T Rex had uh-huh. a baby. It's yeah. true. Yeah, <laughs> it's very strange. But, uh, so why is she not here with us today, Jeremy? Um, because this is an uh, this is material. What we're going to talk about. It'd be a little awkward with uh, mixed gender. Heather wouldn't be bothered at all, but we would be. We would be bothered, yeah. We would be embarrassed. Um, And so, yeah, we want to talk about sex. Uh, We're not just talking to men, but I don't know. That's the perspective I know best. Yeah, so we're going to kind of address um, some questions about sex that we've that we've been asked um, through our app and and also in uh, just the interactions of the church. But we're going to address it uh, from the male side of things. And in the other episode, the complimentary episode, uh, Heather Cook and Olivia Mead address these questions and some different ones from a female side of things. Now, our intention wasn't that. Um, that only men listen to this episode or only women listen to the other one. Um, you're welcome to listen to both, but we wanted to kind of just be respectful of who's in the conversation. So, um, given the nature of it, so me and Jeremy are going to talk about the birds and the bees. Yeah. So why do they call it that? (laughs) That's the first question we got to figure out. I'll never forget. uh, One of my favorite episodes of the Simpsons was when Bart, uh, was introduced to the birds and the bees. He said, yeah, I know about the birds and the bees. There's birds flying around, and the bees are chasing them, trying to have sex with them. I think that's how it works. <laughs> like, he's just totally confused by this whole analogy. Oh, that's funny. This is something to do with pollination or something. Okay. Maybe. Yeah, pollinators. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. Um, all right. So the the first question we have is is why was sex designed for marriage explicitly? And we've got this question in a lot of different formats. The idea is basically why why does God in the Bible um, present sex? Or maybe Jeremy, you could address first. Like, does does the Bible say sex has to be within marriage? Um, but if so, which spoiler alert, I know that's your opinion. It does. Yeah. Um, but. If so, then then why did God design it that way? So maybe first deal with, um, does the Bible say 
you have to be married to engage in sex. Yeah. So the Bible has a lot of terms for those who engage in sex outside of marriage. Um, fornication, fornicators, mm-hmm. yeah, is a popular term. Uh, it talks about sexual immorality, um, and this is described by those who are, are having sex outside of the marriage. So hence, so so let's let's take it back to the law, right? When there is, or actually, let's take it back to the, the to the creation. Okay. God creates Adam and Eve, um, and He gives them a task that is to procreate, uh, and this is this is something that He's designed them to do. You see this within, like you know, their body parts, right? Um, the male and female are the only people able to do this. Two men can't, two females can't. So it is. We see that in its in its our design, this is what is made to happen between yeah. male and female. Now within marriage, I think the reason we we this is stressed so much, and I would say, okay, is there okay? Is there a verse that says? Because some p- p- people would push back on this. Sex has to happen between men and or uh, husband and wife, so uh, explicitly. Yeah, I, I think I think there is. I think um, I think when you look at the use of those terms, you said uh, fornication is very clearly right. defined. If you look at the Greek language, it's very clearly defined as sex outside of marriage. Um, and, and I wouldn't even say sex that I, I would even call it not just. Sex that involves penetration, sexual acts. I think it's sexual acts, mm-hmm. uh, and and because I think it it never speaks about so explicitly. Song of Solomon, you can talk about it's being described, but it's not talking about oral sex. So when it talks about fornicators, I think it's talking about sex, but uh, but all sexual activity that would lead to what we would think of as as sex is you know penetration. Yeah, well, and there's a verse in Hebrews that that says that God desires for the marriage bed to be undefiled. Um and and the idea of that is that that we would enter as human beings, we enter into a marriage covenant, a, a forever mm-hmm. promise or a life until death do we ta- part promise. We enter into that pure, sexually pure. Yeah. Um so so without having given away our virginity and and not just in like you said, not just in penetration, yeah. but in and we've held withheld from sexual acts until we are married. Uh, we have the commandment, not to covet another person's wife, mm-hmm. right? We have um, all throughout Scripture, right, you have marriage. So if, if you're just looking at this, the stories of people in the Bible, how God has commanded it, we see that they have married, or they're married, then they have sex and have children. Yeah. It goes in that order. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's, and that's, that's how it's designed. In fact, when... Um, when those many times those who dishonor um, a woman or another person, you see this actually in the law, having sex with someone who they're not married to, death is the punishment, mm-hmm. or they have to marry them. So monogamy is clearly God's design. Um, why, why do you think He's designed us in this way? I mean, obviously He could have designed us a different way. Sure, um, He could have given a different law. So is it is it why is sex given to married people? Yeah. So I think it's what marriage. Okay. So let's talk about which marriage represents. Marriage represents the gospel. So the husband represents Christ. The church represents the bride. And I think there is a. So biblically speaking, just let's go to the gospel. There is an intimacy. It's different than the physical intimacy that I have with my wife. But there is an intimacy and a, a knowledge of these two entities that no one else can know. It knows except for those within the church. Can't. Anyone outside the church does not comprehend the grace, the mercy, the the goodness of the 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 head, right? The yeah. the, the groom. Um, 
And so, and no one understands the sacrifice or the submission that's required. So I think that it's supposed to represent um, the intimate nature of Christ and his bride, his people. Yeah. Um, it's something special that they share, just like I think there's something special that uh, uh, we share with our, with our, with you, you know, with your bride or with your, your husband. Um, so I think there's something there that that's, it mirrors that a, a degree of intimacy and something that only you can understand as being the bride or being the groom. Um, I think, I think there's also just practically, I think it helps grow people together. Um, yeah. I think sex, when people look at sex unto itself as it's just a form of procreation, um, even if you look at it that way, uh, it is there that you have discipleship and evangelism. The, the the original, you know, that's you know that's that's found as as a product of of sex and marriage. Mm-hmm. But as we'll talk a lot about, you learn about communication, you learn about boundaries, you learn so much in this area of sex um, that you you get to learn and experience with this other person. So sure. I think it, I think it's a pro, I think it's a mechanism to help grow two people closer together. And God's law is always for our good. And, and that's a, it's a really important principle to know. And so like God doesn't give us commandments to like hold us back from something great. Yes. He gives us commandments so that we can step into something great. Yeah, that, 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 right. So I, I was talking about like the positive side of it. The negative side of of why does God have it? So you're not disease ridden. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh, aren't 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 STD is just the Dude, worst. So my wife was telling me, oh man, I'm not trying to be crude, but there's, she was like, uh, she was talking about. Which means he's getting ready to be crude. <laughs> he's getting ready to be really gross. About no, STDs. I'm not trying to be. But listen, I, we were, she, she made the comment. She goes, you know what? Maybe it was you actually. I don't know. Maybe I'll say her just so no one blames you. Yeah. Okay. Thank um, you. But like we'll that. blame Julie. That, yeah. That, that STDs is, is like, it is, it is like a form of punishment um, um, amongst those who, who, do not listen to the word. Do not sure. obey it. Well, and and you have uh, yeah natural consequences of that. Right, and um and it's a fallen world where um where there are diseases and things like that to happen. Now, of course, before the fall, there were there were no STDs. Um, but but that's that's what the curse actually right. means. Like right. there is a curse and a consequence for sin now. And yeah, so I think God's law is given to us as a grace to actually guard us against promiscuity that can be physically damaging to our bodies. Yeah. And was it is it is it uh, syphilis like eats at your brain? I don't know. Chlamydia I, makes you ooze things from everywhere. Like, yeah, it's just very uncomfortable. STDs are particularly like terrible. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, like diseases are bad in general, but yeah, you know the sexually transmitted <laughs> ones they're they're really bad. They are. Um, I just I just remember when. Um, Chappelle, Dave Chappelle had a skit oh, of gosh, all the STDs. Is, you want to go to Dave Chappelle yeah, right should, now? Well, I should, probably shouldn't go there. <laughs> Dave Chappelle had like this this skit where like the STDs sing songs, and it oh, was just gosh. like it was like the horrors of uh, sexually transmitted diseases. Uh, yeah, very real. Yeah, but, but that's but how I learned about it. It is a natural <laughs> consequence of sinful activity. Yeah, um, it just is. Well, and and so there's the physical side like that. Um, but I think also in God's command um, in sexual laws, he's also protecting us from the emotional damage that yes. sex can have if we don't do it in God's way. And so anytime that there's a sexual intimacy and closeness, that makes 
separation that much more difficult. If yeah. I've been if I've been naked physically, but also vulnerably emotionally, spiritually, with someone, and then that separation happens, that separation or that breakup is so much more difficult. Which is why it's only to be carried out in the confines of a covenant, a promise that right. I'm not going to leave you. So sex is not just physical. There is a spiritual yeah something there. There's yeah. a spiritual and emotional aspect of sex, and you know you uh, there is this mindset that a lot of men um that are that is tribute to a lot of men that men treat for men sex is just more of a physical thing right um <clears throat> one that's not true and two if they make it that that's sinful and troubling right because it's it's not uh so either they've numbed themselves or they're lying to themselves yeah well so that's physical that's emotional i would even add a third one which is just practical um in the structure of the family yeah um so in God's design, the structure of the family would be that there there aren't custody battles, there aren't the the difficulty of separated parents, sure. so forth and so on. And so, um, if ideally we would all follow God's law, those things would be alleviated: the physical, the emotional, and the practical damage that can come by sexual misconduct. Now, having said that, um, I understand that I have sexual sin in my life, and um, you were preaching a sermon recently, Jeremy, that um, that all of us have that sexual sin. All of us. Jesus, Jesus raises the bar so high to con- to make sure to condemn every human being. You know how? In, yeah, I'll say how we know. How do we know that we all have sexual sin? Yeah, because Jesus said, if you look at someone <laughs> the wrong way, right. uh, so he he definitely encompasses all of us. And, and so if you if you were uh, you know arrogant enough to think that you don't have sexual sin, Jesus condemns you very clearly in the Sermon on the Mount. And so given that we all have sexual sin, I don't want anyone listening that's that's dealt with uh, you know, promiscuity or they've had sex before marriage or they've been divorced and or you know, whatever that case is, or they have STDs or deal with that. Uh, this is not a condemnation. There is no right. more condemnation in Christ. And so we can still step into the promise of honoring God with our lives and, and obeying his commandments sexually. And I would say there's there's people that have I'm happy you said that because there's people that could have and I, I want to clarify who have like STDs that it's not because of their sin it's because of the sin of another yeah absolutely um, and and that's that's one of those things that's heartbreaking um and and you know but but it was because of some of someone else's sin and it just and sadly you know our sin just doesn't just affect us it right. affects other people that's right we live in a fallen world with fallen people that um, a lot of bad things happen so let's move on to this next question the next question uh, we received was just a question about the enjoyment of sex um, is sex within marriage we've established it's supposed to be within marriage by God's design within marriage is the purpose of it just procreation um, and reproduction or is it for enjoyment, is it both? Is there one elevated should be elevated higher than another? Mm. Okay, so I probably I think one should be elevated higher than another. Okay, what's what's the highest one? <laughs> uh, enjoyment. You think really? Yeah. I didn't. I didn't expect you to say that. Yeah. Well, here, here's why. Not everyone can have kids. Okay. Um, that doesn't mean that I, I think I think sex is given um, as a tool to have kids. You, you know, I think having kids is a wonderful thing. But when you're done having kids, you don't stop having sex. Hopefully not. Right. You don't. You you have sex as a as a form of, you know, love, intimacy, entertainment, whatever it is. Right. Like yeah. b- between a husband and, and, and wife, and that's something that is that is wonderful, and it goes. Um, that's the reason I say. I mean, it is the means of it. But again, it's not the only. It's not the only. It's. I, I say it's not the highest function because again. 
it's it's given to people even if they can't have kids. Yeah. That's the best way I can say isn't, it. Isn't this a great grace that God gives us in It absolutely is. I mean, it's, it's like, you know, uh, we talked, there's a sermon, was it by Doug Ponder that talked about the grace of like taste buds? Yeah. And so this is... It was an article he wrote, a blog. Ner- nerve endings. God did not have to make sex wonderful, right? Yeah. He could have made it dull. He could have made it just, meh. Or it could have disappeared with the fall. Right. Like, yeah. Right. It's, you know, uh, but, you know, it was... It's not how he made it to be an enjoyment. Um, maybe because <laughs> maybe without it, people just wouldn't have kids. <laughs> like that's not worth it. <laughs> if, it was, yeah, if it's not enjoyable, <laughs> nah, not I'm good. Do it. Yeah, <laughs> but but uh, no. But in all reality, I think that I think that um, it that's is... the only re- reason we have kids, right? <laughs> right. That's it. That's it. If men had to give birth, we wouldn't have kids. No. Uh, you. Uh, but um, I think I think it's important though to. To, to really think about what you said, uh, that the enjoyment aspect is a grace. Uh, it's not dirty. It's not something that we, you know, that should necessarily cause us to giggle. Um, but it is something that's very amazing that God in his, in his kindness said, who made sex, said, I want you to enjoy it. Um, and I'm going to give you the, the ability to. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah, so um, so given that uh, sex is designed to be enjoyed, um, I want to talk a little bit about, I think, how many people uh, struggle with finding enjoyment in sex. Um, it can be for a lot of different reasons, but um, one, of the, one of the stats that's kind of driving um, us doing these couple of episodes about sex is um, what Heather has described as the orgasm gap, which she had to explain this to me. I was like, I don't know what the orgasm gap is, so please help me understand. And, um, and, and I think they say the exact figures on the, on, on their episode, but I don't remember exactly what the figures are, but, but essentially it is statistically proven that, that women experience orgasms in a highly less functionality and, and likelihood than men where, where men are achieving orgasm, you know, almost all, every time they have sex, women are, are not. Mm-hmm. And so this is a, this is a difficult thing because I think for men, I think men can approach sex very selfishly. Um, oh, yeah. the, the sex for men can tend to be, like you said, just purely physical, but it can also be very self-serving that, um, even godly married men, um, because of just their sinful nature, because of pornographic influence, whatever it may be, uh, might tend to view their wife as an object in the bedroom to pleasure themselves, uh, rather than rather than an object of their affection to bring pleasure to. Yeah. And so, why do you, why do you think that you know maybe this is a such a such a prominent issue? Uh, I mean, I think I think I mean I don't know. It's so interesting because you know obviously they don't have polling data from a long time ago. But I'm curious. I think personally, they didn't porn, talk about sex a long time ago. Well, yeah, but I, I bet you <laughs> that it happened that women experienced orgasms more in the past than they do in the present. And I think it, I think a lot of it has to do with pornography. So when uh, well, and the highly increased availability of pornography. Oh yeah. When it when it went digital and the internet was created, right. it was just so accessible. Well, okay. So think about it. when you're watching when you're watching two people have sex uh, in, in porn. Number one, the way they're positioned. It's for your gratification, not for, not for both parties' gratification. Right, right. It's for the viewer. Um, so uh, what we think women want, and I'm speaking from a male perspective, right, is influenced by, okay, I watched a video. That woman who, who 
maybe not the best actress, but like right. you know, she yeah. was seemingly she looked like she enjoyed right. it. Right, she yeah. was she was acting like she so enjoyed I'm it. Do that. That's what I'll do. Right. And I, I didn't see I didn't see any um in in that situation. Right, you don't see any selflessness. You don't see any desire any desire for the man to to please the woman. Um, because again, the person watching is the person who they're seeking to please, mm-hmm. and so it is. You you learn from the most unhealthy of places how sex is supposed to work. Yeah, um, I think most men think that that women will orgasm uh, via penetration, and I think yeah. because that's what they that's they've seen that on uh, they've seen it on the webs. Yeah, and it's just it's just frankly not gonna not gonna happen. And and so how does how does a husband let's say someone's newly married? Oh, this is good. I've, uh, yeah, I've not had either I've no sexual experience yeah. or very limited sexual experience, and I'm a newlywed husband. How do I know how to how to get my wife to have an orgasm? You talk to her. I can't do that. Isn't that but it's, That's listen, embarrassing. It is so. I'm it not is, doing that. It's weird because like you're really like I can't tell you how many times I've heard that like in counseling. Like, oh, that's weird to talk. I'm like, you're having sex. Like, you're willing to put you your penis in there, <laughs> right? But, but you can have a conversation. <laughs> like, have a conversation about it. Like, yeah. it's healthy. And quite frankly, I think it's really important for people before um, they get, have married to talk about uh, boundaries, to talk about sex. Um, again, it's one of those things that's like, like, is that okay to talk about sex before you're married? You should. You yeah. absolutely should. Um, it, it, you know, you don't have to like be sexting, but you can have like real conversations yeah. about real things, what you know, what you don't know. Um, but especially when you're married, right? Communicating, directing um, is really, really helpful. I, uh, there's, there is a, uh, there's a Seinfeld episode. Of course, um, there's a Seinfeld episode for about it. Yeah, about everything, right? So, and it talks about Jerry Seinfeld's talking about a, um, a, I think it's a, is it a, it's a guy that became gay, I think. And Elaine, and they're, the, Elaine and Jerry are kind of going back and forth. And he's like, you know, how do you, how do you, he's like, <laughs> he, he goes, you know, he's talking about how, no, she's going for the other team. She's on the other team. He's, and he talks about like I don't even have that gear. Like I don't. Yeah. I don't know how to use that gear. It's it's oh, like gosh. inside training and information. Yeah. You know. And and Elaine and Elaine is like right. Like it, when when a guy she liked was gay, she's like like that other guy has the material. Like how am I right. supposed to? You yeah. Know? So so the what it was. It's a funny episode. Um. But what it what it tells you is people know their body. Yeah. Right, my my wife knows her body better than I do, so I need to talk to her. Yeah, and I and here's the thing: I think it's designed that way. Yeah, to like you sh- you need to have to talk to your spouse because this isn't just physical. And I think it's particularly hard for men because men don't like to talk. Typically, <laughs> um, we don't like to talk about our feelings. Well, we don't want to open up. I like, think also men are scared to, to, and maybe this is everybody. I, again, I don't know how women feel on this, but I think I think men are scared they're going to sound stupid. Men are more more prideful, I think. Yeah, and yeah. so the pride of men leads us to be like, well, we want to we want to act like we we know everything. Yeah. Um. So yeah. we we know what we're supposed to do in the bedroom and. It's embarrassing for us to have to ask, but right. I mean, why? Why would you know what 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 feels good for a woman? Right. <laughs> there's right. No, there's no reason you should know. So yeah, the, the, right. There's there is a and again, I, I I have I think there's something wonderful about learning together. Yeah. Like that is that's there's something incredible about that. So yeah. So to the to the men listening, I'll give you this advice. Um, you should you should ask your wife. Um, 
what she enjoys and not assume she enjoys something you're doing in the bedroom. Right. Um, ask her if, if she likes it. And um, and to the women listening, your men are stupid. You, you need to help them. <laughs> um, so saying, why don't you try this or can you do this or, you know, those types of things are going to be deeply helpful for couples right. um, and showing them. Um, yeah. So, so I think demonstrating or showing how to uh, wives, if you're listening, how to how to have your husband please you is is really important. Um, so, the the last question we had was about pornography, um, and well, pornography and masturbation um, is is masturbation for men or women ever okay within marriage? Um. Yes. Uh I can think of a with couple a, situations. With, with a, some footnotes. <laughs> yeah. Um I one if like we've 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 dealt with deployed spouses before. Mm-hmm. You know, spouses who are deployed. Um when we say masturbation, we're not talking about masturbation of pornographic material. Yeah. Right? We're not talking about it towards another person. Um it is but it, you know there there is a reality when someone is deployed for a year, year and a half. That's an unnatural long time to be away from your spouse mm-hmm. and it creates in fact and, and for someone who's used to sexual activity to then not yeah. have it i mean when, when paul talks about ceasing to have sex for a season but not letting it go too long so you don't fall to the, right. into a, some sort yeah. of into sin's temptation um but that literally your job takes you away from it so ha- having with i mean this is a good form of technology to for, you know for a spouse to send someone one of their you know the other spouse pictures or whatnot mm-hmm. um you know, I, I I don't I wouldn't have any ethical issue with that. I don't I don't see how yeah, you could. I agree with that, and I think I think pornography is uh, just has no place. Um, I've heard of couples like watching it together and things like that. Yeah, it, that, that's a no go. I mean, it's it's just clearly it's clearly um, against what the Bible teaches. You know, when Jesus teaches yeah. us about lusting after other people, um, the teaching from Paul to the Corinthian church was that um, any sort of sexual engagement is is uniting your body with them. Um, yeah. and, and Jesus ties that together with his Sermon on the Mount. And so um, one good resource if you're struggling with porn is uh, Death of Porn, a, a small short read by um, – by Ray Ortland. Yeah, I want, I want to throw out another uh, one. Yeah. I think I think that book is really good. It gives you a theological, um, but of course, it's very uh, easy um, to you know to have the knowledge. Okay, I know why this is wrong. I see biblically why this is wrong, but then there's still the practical side where I can still delete my church, my my like, right. history. Yeah. Um, Ever accountable is a really really wonderful. In fact, this has been brought to you by Ever Accountable. Yeah, thanks for the sponsorship. Um, it is a wonderful. It's, it's better for computers than on phones, but it still works on phones. Um, and it literally tracks everything you see, anything that's in question, it sends it to all the people that you don't want them to know that you're seeing it. <laughs> so, like, like I have, I have ever accountable on the computer, on the phone, um, on my kid's phone. Uh, just my daughter, my son doesn't really have one, but um, you know, ev- everyone has it on their device, and um, you know, sometimes, sometimes false things, like you know, I there was like a news report about Gaza for whatever reason got flagged. Yeah. And and I love it. My wife was like, hey, it said something about Gaza, this website. Uh and you know, we looked at it. But it was like the what I love is that it, it tracks and it shows you what you're looking at. Yeah. Th- so you can be above reproach. And I think that's important. Yeah. That's good. Um and on the the just on the masturbation question, um, one rule of thumb that that I've advised couples to follow is is asking yourself, does this activity bring 
oneness. And so, like an example of deployment, I think that could even apply to like extended, you know, time out of town or, or things like that, um, where I, where I wouldn't have an ethical problem with masturbation in some cases. But ask yourself: is this is this is this bringing oneness, togetherness, unity between my spouse and I, or is it driving us apart? And so, um, if masturbation is leading you to be separated rather than together, then it's probably not healthy. But uh, I, I don't think that we should have this this idea that we can't like touch ourselves. Um, I think that's probably really unhelpful in the bedroom, especially with the idea of, of teaching your spouse how to pleasure you, um, that, that touching yourself can actually be really helpful for that. Um, then the the last question was uh, really kind of along the lines of like, are there things that are like off limits in the bedroom, even if you are married or once you're married, is it just like anything goes, you can do whatever you this want? Is a, this is a big question. Because this is a lot. Because it can go a lot of weird places. It's <laughs> it like, so, all right. I have a lot to say about this. Someone's like, "All right, Pastor, can I?" Yeah, uh, well, we've had right, this first before. First of all, I've got hey. a, a set of jumper cables. I'm bringing in, <laughs> and uh, a, yeah, if you start off with Nutella, that, I'm gonna say no. <laughs> um, so, I, I, just to show you, where I want to make it clear, because like some people are gonna be like, "Why are you all covering this?" The Bible talks about it. More than that, it's it's probably the area where the church, weirdly enough, the Bible talks a lot about it. The church talks a little bit about it, weirdly enough, yep. right? It's like it's just like an area that's uh, it's uncouth, um, and that's that's silly. Um, that was a good word, uncouth. Un- uncouth. Thank you. I should start using that more. <laughs> it, it was told. I was told that a lot as a child by my grandparents. Java, <laughs> you're uncouth. Um, anyways, uh, I wanted. Uh, where were your grandparents from? Like, what was that accent? <laughs> I, very. <laughs> This weird place. Yeah. Um, all right. Anyway, so w- w- boundaries. So yeah, I, I do think. I don't think th- th- we we might disagree here. Um, I think that there is a. I think there are things that are not permissible, even if both parties. I'm not saying you would say yes to this, even if both parties are okay with this. Yeah. So I want to. I want to give a. I'm going to try to make this short. So I was in the military, and. When I was in the military, people talk about weird things in the military. I'm just yeah. letting you know this, right? If anybody, anybody's been in the military, knows exactly what I'm talking about. You're like I'm. I'm in a vehicle with this with this person for 12 hours a day. You end up talking about weird stuff, right? So I, I was it was a, I was a police officer in the military. We're sitting there, and, and actually my partner was a female, and she was telling me about this hookup she had, and she said there was this guy, he really liked it. When uh, they weren't married, but uh, when when she would insult him and like like smack his stomach and call him fat boy and stuff, it was weird. Man. <laughs> um, like I, I think for for that, even if they were married, I think that's that's the unhealthy, degrading. Um, what's what's the term? Like we, I say, weird things that people like fetishes. Yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. Like I think that's an unhealthy, degrading fetish. Um, I think fetishes that are rooted in, in degrading or dehumanizing. Yeah. Um, I think are I think are off the table. I think yeah. they're wrong. I think they're they're influenced by sin. Um, so it's not always just as long as there is consent and both. Yeah, parties yeah, yeah. Are okay Even if husband it. and wife are okay with it, I don't think that's yeah. necessarily it's still, okay. It still might not be something that's healthy for you, and it might be it might be disallowed in scripture. Yeah. Um, so I, I would say degrading dehumanizing things um Mm -hmm. because i don't think that brings oneness in the end i think it actually i think it i think it's actually hurtful um i think uh uh, you know like so like a foot fetish for example i don't understand it but like i don't think it's degrading right um so uh, i i think would you would you say there's an example of world sex in song of solomon 
You think you think that's what yeah. the imagery is leading yeah, to? Yeah, okay. I think so. I think so too. Yeah, just, uh, but like the anal sex in in the Bible is is viewed as sodomy in a negative light. It's usually rooted yeah. in homosexuality. There's not an example of like wholesome anal sex in scripture. Right. I, now, I would say it doesn't mean it's necessarily off the table. I would I would just question, like, why are you wanting to do that? Yeah. Is it rooted in, like, your pornographic fetish so or something I, like that? I tend to think that's in the un- – I think that – so I think just like one is uh, degrading um, – on a on of their of their person, I think mm-hmm. there is activity that is harmful to the physical body and degrading. Yeah, I, I that's not you know the anus is not meant for that. Um, I don't I do think it's rooted in sin. Yeah, any time sodomy is ever brought up, it's never in a good light. It's for humiliation. Yeah, right. Yeah. And so I, I tend I tend to think that's that's what it is. I yeah. think, uh, you know, so yeah, I'm, I'm that I would fall that into the category of this, this is, should not be practiced. Yeah. There's other things that I think are more, um, are interesting conversations. And I don't know if we have time for that, but two more minutes on this. Sure. Okay. So let's, let's take, let's take, I'm curious what you're we're actually, is. we're actually under the normal. Oh, okay. Go Imagine ahead. that the, the male yeah. sex comes in <laughs> a little, finishes a little early. <laughs> Sorry, um, <laughs> that was inappropriate. Um, Le- Levitical law forbids sex uh, during menstruation. Yeah. Now, I we preached on this when we went through Leviticus and talked about why. Yeah, it was super awkward. It was. It was. <laughs> um, but uh, this is where there are some people who would say you sh- still should not have sex during menstruation because the law of God says you shouldn't. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and there are some says that you you know that that no, it's okay now. Yeah. Um, I, scripture, it depends how you view the law, but, you know, you might say on the safe side, just don't, but you might go, well, that was ceremonial law. Yeah. Um, so it's permissible. I would say, I would say a, you know, a couple could do that. Yeah. Um, again, I, I think it's good to just abstain from it. It's a safe, safe thing to do. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I think it's ceremonial law. Yeah. But yeah. all these things, I think you have to, I think you just have to go through a lens of like, is God pleased with this activities that bring unity and, you know, make sure you're not humiliating or degrading one another. And, and I, I, and I love, I love that scripture talks so much about like sex during menstruation and things yeah, like this, right. um, because it, it tells you something about us as a culture. We aren't able to talk about a lot of people feel like they're not able to talk about sex because without it being talked about cr- like in a crude, nasty, dirty way. Mm-hmm. When the Lord talks about it quite a bit, yeah, and it's never crude or dirty, it's never you know, it, it's uh, you know, it's but it's it's discussed because it's something God created, and it's a big part of, of everybody's life, um, or temptation, right? <laughs> one, one way right. or another, so uh, I, I think. I think part of having a good, healthy view of sex and a, and, a, and a good sex life in your home is so you can actually talk about it and teach it to your children, because they're going to learn about it from somewhere. And so, uh, being able to talk about it is is healthy. You don't have to go into weird details. That's weird. Yeah, you could talk about it. Sure. So, educating uh, your kids is is incredibly important. Oh yeah. Um, and and so, Amanda and I, you know, we we try to talk about sex when we when we can and need to and and actually introduce it pretty early on in their development so that they understand, you know, what's what's out there. We don't want we don't want our kids to learn about sex from the bathroom stall. Well, and even they'll learn from your silence. They're going to learn that it's dirty. They're going to learn that it's true. bad. Right. That yeah. you don't talk about it. Yeah. I mean, you and I both know we've met with people who they they did not talk about it at home and they do not talk about it now mm-hmm. and and 
We, I, I know too many people who either don't have sex and they're married, or they're like, or, or like have sex very, 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 very rarely, um, because it's just like ooh, yucky. So I would say this: sex is not dirty; it's private. There and you so, go. and so the, the 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 delicacy and the tiptoeing around it is not because it's dirty; it's because it's private. Mm-hmm. It's because like what what my wife and I do in the bedroom is our business. Right. Um, but if we if we just neglect to acknowledge that we have a sex life, <laughs> then then it like you said, it communicates something to our children right. and thereby other people around us too that that it's somehow dirty. But and, it's something to hide. Right. And it's not. And and but who it's not private to is to the Lord. And so you have to honor yeah. him with it. Absolutely. Isn't it, but isn't that crazy? Like to to honor and glorify the Lord in sex. That's just something that you know, because most people are not singing hymns. <laughs> It's uh, process, but I mean, I do. <laughs> That's enough. Not him. Calm it down, Will. I do contemporary it's stuff. Not, yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, the, the, uh, settle down, settle down. The bedroom playlist is all, yeah. it's it's the same as the Sunday playlist. <laughs> but but it is, it's a real thing. You, you are to glorify the Lord with it, and that means to honor your spouse and honor him. That's not uh, degrading or humiliating or anything like that. Your spouse, if you could give, I'm curious, um, for, for marriages that are struggling in sex, if you could give one piece of advice, what would you give them? Uh, tell your spouse what would please you sexually and say, will you do this to me? Yeah. Just ask. Yeah. Is that fair enough? That's good. I, th- I, think, I think communication is the number one thing. And um, I get that it's scary. To say, because you're like, what if they think I'm weird that I want this or like this or what if what if they're embarrassed that they guys don't, won't that think you're weird. Your husbands like, won't think you're weird. <laughs> no, your husbands are already weird. They're they're already on it. Yeah, yeah good. I promise you, your husbands aren't. <laughs> any women listening, your husbands are not going to think you're weird. Um, but but I think uh, communication is so key, and uh, we just we assume a lot, and we assume that uh, that the other person knows what they're doing, yeah. and and that's just not how it goes. So. I, I would I would say you need to get over that fear and yeah I I, w- I would say uh, make sure you are I think sometimes men pursue the physical sex and and ignore uh, the emotional and spiritual side of their spouse and then wonder why their spouses don't want to have sex with them well and and for females orgasm is so predicated on an emotional thing too mm-hmm. it's not purely physical it's not right. just do the right thing with your body it's it's like they have to like they have to be in an emotional state as well men can just men can just get off on anything <laughs> like it doesn't matter I, I think men are in that way too though, yeah but way. not i don't think as much <laughs> maybe, like, maybe we can just suppress it it's like Josh Turner. He's got a famous line in a country song. I don't know song. who this is. The difference between a man and a woman is the name of the song, if you want to look it up. But he says, I turn on like a light switch, and oh, she gosh. heats up like an iron or something like that. And it's like, <laughs> they're just, men and women are just different. They are. No, but I, I, but I do think when I hear, I hear a lot of complaints of men saying, like, my, my spouse doesn't want to have sex with me as often as I want to have sex. And, but usually a lot of those times, uh, there's a... There's a lack of atten- there's there's a lack of attention in other areas that show that they care and love them uh, apart from the bedroom. Yeah. And so I would I would say you know as much time as you invest in that area, you have to invest in in emotionally, spiritually, um, and I think I think and, and, well yeah, I'll, I'll just keep it there because I go on too long. It's 39 minutes, man. Hey, 
Hey, that's, that's you good. never hear me being like, wait, let's just close this. Let's Maybe hurry up. Let's, let's finish early. Let's, let's, let's get done with this podcast. All right. Well, <laughs> um, thanks for putting up with us awkwardly going through this. Um, the follow-up uh, with the women's episode will be released two weeks from now. And so we appreciate you tuning in, and we hope that you'll uh, tune back in to listen to that episode with Heather and Olivia. And, um, of course, final advice would be if you're, if you're having issues with sex um, in your marriage, it is a marital issue. Um, please don't be too embarrassed to talk to pastors or counselors about this. Um, you need it for your health and the health of your marriage. So thank you for listening, and we hope to see you again soon on Front Porch Theology. That was good. Thanks for listening. If you have any questions, submit them on the New Heights Church app, and we'll catch you next time. Watch for deer.